Hello and welcome to the Squeaky Bum Time Podcast with Mike and Laurent. It is Tuesday, September 7th. Wow. Uh, In this episode, the international break takes too long. The U.S. men's national team are terrible. But first, Mike, let me ask you something. Have you ever had to escape from a coup? A coup? Um, Well, I left New York to go to Florida. I feel like that should probably count uh, at this point. But man, uh, what a scene in in Conmebol this weekend. Uh, obviously, well, I was the coup and Conmebol. They were two and two and coups. yeah, we're right. Yeah, in in Africa as well. But I want to start with Argentina and Brazil because those are two headliners, right? Um, yeah. Uh, I was watching most of mostly college football this weekend. I was enjoying myself, and I saw all of these things. So there's a big. Um, Tottenham contingent on Argentina or, or yes. historically there usually is. So I always keep an eye on them. And lo and behold, there were four premier league players that showed up for Argentina. Now the way that the premier league handled this break, Emmy, this, wait, let's, um, go, let's go through it though. Emmy Martinez from Aston Villa. Yeah. yeah. Los Emiliano Celso, midfielder, Bendia from Norwich and one other guy. Christian Romero, our new big Christian signer. Christian Romero, your new okay. defender. Right. So the way that the premier league teams, for the most part, have handled this international break is frankly how I wish they handled most international breaks. They tried we'll, to pull rank. Right. And they're like, we're not fucking sending you your, our players. Which, by the way, most of the big six does most of the time. They're like, oh, sorry, he's nursing a knee injury. He can't go. And But these, this specific international break is slightly more important than the average one because it was it the start. World Cup qualifier these are the start of the world cup qualifiers right so you want to get off to a good start the other piece that's big about this sorry to interrupt is they're cramming them in they're doing three over a two-week break so just another piece so more covid still exactly yeah 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 totally and so right like you mentioned the extra game in the two-week period um the this is a big deal uh and so if you get off to a slow start look four years ago we saw the netherlands Italy, the United States, obviously, uh, there were a handful of like big money, like big name nations, Chile. That's four right there that you're like, oh, these are borderline world powers. None of them. None of them were in Russia for the World Mm -hmm. Cup. So every game really matters uh, to these teams, especially like you said, especially in South America and some of these hotly contested, uh, you know, areas and and, and FIFA uh, federations, if you will. So a lot of emphasis on those, uh, you know, these early games. But as you said, COVID still wreaking havoc in more ways than one. There are a handful of countries, probably a, a lot of countries, that are considered red zones using like the old George Bush uh, threat level, right? So it yeah, was, I, but but it is political. Like you put oh, us completely. on yours, we put yours on ours, right? Completely. Like, yep. England is in really good shape. They just had the fucking Euros. Yeah. Uh, compared to uh, Brazil, where they had the Copa, but they shouldn't have. They still and they don't didn't have really have that many fans. They have no fans, right? They still no. Have they no had like fans. a very few amount, right? But point and is, then, yeah. and then the whole thing with who's going, who's not going, uh, you know, vaccinated, not vaccinated. So, so the contingency of the English players, they probably all fly together. Honestly, like they, all these, these guys, this four, they did. Yeah, they fly to South America three days before they're there practicing. Um, the federations of Brazil and of each country of Brazil and Argentina are like, oh, we just did this for the Copa. It's fine. We have a dispensation. We're cool with it. Yeah. Conma balls like, 
we're cool. This is all good. We we're and cleared for last time. Let me jump in real quick. Right. This is one of these things where like these people matter more in the world. So whatever restrictions that you or I might have coming from England to Brazil or vice versa, they don't apply until yeah. they sort of do. Right. Right. So, so so in the context of this, Brazil just lost like 60 days ago, not even 30 yeah, days ago even. Yeah. in the Copa. Now, the authorities that are outside of the soccer world have decided after the game has started to stop. No, 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 because there was there was things going on before Hygiene the game, the, the day before the game. What they effectively said was that those four players, Romero, Lo Celso, Buendia, and Martinez, all four of which should frankly start for Argentina. Buendia did not in this game, so three out of four, um, had breached the quarantine rules. Now, I don't even know right, what they were. It's supposed to be were. 10 days. Sure, but you know what? It's a moving target at this point. They can make it up as they fucking go along. And so they they say that these players had breached the quarantine rules. How Lionel Messi didn't beats the shit out of me. Because but, he wasn't coming from England. But he was coming from England's neighbor. So, like, whatever. It, it, so, I mean, they're making it up as they go along. They are trying sure. to hurt Argentina, who, like you mentioned, just beat them in the Copa. Uh, because this is bigger than the Copa, frankly, almost. It's not bigger than the final, but it's a big World Cup qualifier. And if you beat your rival, you are you have a huge leg up. So whatever. Yeah, um, I, I don't think it's nefarious. There's hijinks. I, yeah, I think it's just bureaucrats being bureaucratic to do something stupid in the that just make themselves look incompetent because some guy realized people knew who these guys were and was like, oh shit, someone gave me this job. And I'm supposed to do it. And if I don't, <laughs> they'll know that I don't do it, yeah. even though I never do it. Right. Right. So there's police on the field. There's hijinks. There's Messi going, what the fuck are you people doing here? Well, and so that's We're about to play. Well, no, no, no. That's when that's the point. And Messi said this to the referees and to the so eight minutes into the game, just after the seven minutes goes to eight, uh, yeah. you see health officials and like police and federal like federal police. Running onto the field, yeah, whatever, whatever the fuck they have in Brazil, which is basically stormtroopers, I assume. They running onto the field and they stop the game and they basically separate all the players. Now it doesn't take much for it to pop off between Argentina and Brazil. So, and actually, I they, I was watching the highlights. There were a couple, as this happens as well, between these two teams who hate each other, a couple of hard tackles just in the first five minutes. Yeah. No yellow cards or anything, but it was it was gonna get to be a pretty fun no, game. Normal, Again, normal common ball. Normal Comable, normal Argentina, Brazil. And yeah. uh, and so they're there three days. This is not necessarily that thing. And and that's what Messi goes up to them and goes, whoa, 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 you waited until the game was underway. What? Why are you – we were here for three days. What are you doing? And so that's where it all kind of gets confusing, gets ridiculous. They separate the teams. They basically call the game off. Yep. Brazil goes home. Argentina was stuck in the stadium for hours. Um <laughs> Now, the interesting thing about this is that uh, most, like I said, most Premier League teams were not letting their players go. And that was true. Uh, and so you have uh, two players, like we said, from Villa and two players from Tottenham. I, I can't speak for Martinez or Buendia, but Lo Celso and Romero, they were not. Okay. And correct me if I'm wrong. If a player is called up to their national team and the yes. team does not release them, they are fined from FIFA, I believe. Yeah, you can get in trouble. Okay. Something happens. And so 
but there are ways around it, obviously. And many of the top six in England do this frequently and whatever. But fine. Most guys, especially the South American, they want to play. The, the South they, Americans, yeah. especially, yeah, right? And because it's World Cup qualifiers. It's an honor. It's a big right. deal. If you don't go, you are a pariah. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Why aren't exactly. you? Exactly. Yeah. And players, players like Lacelso and Romero, who are if Messi, if Messi's like, I got a headache, leave me the fuck alone. I'll see you next it's time. They're, yeah, yeah. they're like, okay, no big deal. But they are trying to cement their spot in this Argentina team. And so Tottenham doesn't give their blessing, so to speak. And it's mm-hmm. it's one of those sort of depending on who you listen to, but they don't say no because they don't want to get fined. Because that's all Daniel Levy, right? And yeah. so they go. They go, and uh, this all happens. Now, what I understand is going to happen is they're already on a flight back to London, and if they're, they're not there already, be ten days of quarantine again. They will, that, but that was the they already knew that, and that's why Tottenham didn't want them to go. But they were going to be like, "Can you just sit this one the fuck out?" But so they didn't. They didn't outwardly say it. Um, but so now they're going to miss. I don't know if it's ten or fourteen days to be honest, but they're going to miss the next game for Spurs, um, which neither has featured so far. Uh, Lacelso has had some like sub appearances, but nothing crazy. And so, um, they are also going to be fined for basically going against the team's wishes. The players will be whatever, whatever that means to them. Fine. Um, but yeah, it's interesting. The bigger issue is they have to reschedule. They're going to have to find a way to do it. We're going to live in these COVID rules that are so different. I mean, like you think that States in the U S are having fucking different rules. Yeah. Like if, if in Australia, the whole thing's locked down. They have less cases than like than, Australia than the best, has the best. The, they have less cases than, than the best version of the U S and they beat people up in the street for not wearing masks. Like it's gone crazy. Like it's I'm really I'm open. I'm open to however you feel about it. I'm like, I got vaccinated. I did my thing. I'm not doing anything more. I'll get more shots. Give me Sputnik. Give me the Chinese one. Give me all of them. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> just love, I don't want to wear a mask and I want to go do my stuff. Right. Anyway, so that sounded bad and sounded poor and sounded crushing. But then we have the African conference where things got Ooh. a little bit more weird. Yeah. Uh, this is not COVID stupid shit. This is the country of Guinea has a fucking military coup in the day that, uh, that the game Guinea is, is supposed to play Morocco and the Guinea players can't leave. They're stuck there. Why does this matter? Because Nabi Keita of Liverpool is from Guinea and he was there and he's stuck there. Uh, if you don't know where Guinea is, I had to go look it up. It's one of the many, many West African countries. So Burkina yep. Faso and Cameroon and Nigeria. And I'm going to pretend like I have a cursory knowledge of African geography. I was like, oh, yeah, no, I know where Guinea is. That whole area of the West <laughs> West Africa, Sub-Sahara, that whole zone, you know, where the, where, the, where Africa sort of kicks out. It's where all the countries are. It's all the good football teams are. Near Ghana, it's that whole zone. Uh, the, the side that's closest to South America. Anyway, if you played Risk, you could attack the other country. Or if you had <laughs> if you had U-boats in World War II, you could just hide them down there. You certainly so, could. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you we need to do a wolf pack, take out the transports. All these games I played. It's a that's a World War II adjacent reference. I like it. It counts. Yeah, we'll, we'll put it on it. the board. We'll take it. But uh, they're stuck there. Uh, apparently, Liverpool is in communications with them. But the Moroccan team took some video out of their bus, and that was crazy. Yeah, people were throwing shit at their bus. Just people yelling, just mad, just like, hey, we were going to do football. But 
you know, for Africa, this is a kind of normal scene. Uh, uh, yeah. Famously, Bradley, uh, the coach of LAFC, got stuck in Egypt when he was the coach of the national team. Bob during Bradley, the Civil War. During the, during the Arab Spring that went really well for us. Um, that we thought everything was going to change, but yeah, not so much. Uh, well, I remember him saying, uh, speaking of Bob Bradley, he was he was managing Egypt uh, during a World, World Cup qualifying World, World Cup qualifying campaign, and what he said was, he's like, it, the, it's absurd, like the carnage and all that stuff. But and he it puts it sort of puts sport in perspective, but also it's like you fucking mutants. Like the only time they were able to. Uh, managed to stop killing each other was during Egypt football matches. Yeah. And uh, where they do have riots in the stands as well. Sure. So it wasn't all, you know, lovey dovey, but like yeah. they all came together because they all wanted the same thing, right? It's yeah. all, he was under the impression that if Egypt could qualify for the World Cup, it might go a long way to like saving the lives from this civil war. There's a famous story of Cote d'Ivoire, I think. Didier Drogba and Yaya Torre's team, yeah. they literally stopped a war from happening yeah. in their country. Like, yep. And this isn't to you know be political. It's just these countries have weak institutions. And in some, t- in some places, the football team not because – the football team is their strongest institution because of the players, because of right. how strong some of their personalities are, the force of will to play – the importance of football. It's actually something that's really important and interesting is everything might be going wrong in these countries, but they will play and they mm-hmm. will find a way. And it'll be this respite where everything stops. We're doing the fucking Ghana, Nigeria game. And then yeah. when you're done, you can go back to what all the fucking crazy shit that goes on, you know, whatever. I mean, but it is not unusual for these countries, FAs to steal all the money to oh, not book bad. flights, to take guys by bus, to have stadiums that are falling apart. There's just a lot of really yeah. unfortunate graft that happens and it, and it sucks. And football as a governing body has problems, but I think the thing to praise is the players, right? The players are the ones who do put these things together. The players are the ones who'll speak out and have to be the ones on the microphone. And, you know, I hope I want, I want Nabi Keita to get out of there and I hopefully we'll see him playing uh, Liverpool. Uh, soon <laughs> he'll be underperforming back on mercy side soon hopefully they need him they need him badly right? yeah but uh, so i mean and they and they it's scary for them because they didn't have a transfer window we gave them a d and without him they're really in trouble yeah so you bring up the importance of the players and and, and going back to how how much responsibility they feel personally to go be a part of this it is it is a calling to them and they, they feel like uh, just all this patriotism and all the the opportunity, right? Not the obligation, the and opportunity. And to fly the flag, right? You see that. Yes, the, of a course. A lot of the African players, they wear the red, gold, and green for whatever country they are. Yeah, Many yeah. of them have red, gold, and green. But uh, uh, there's got to be a better way because the way that <laughs> the way that teams, Premier League teams, or, or, or club teams around the world, I suppose, the way that they decide to, to take on all of the risk, essentially – Right. And it's not about my player getting stuck in a military coup. It's not about my player getting COVID or something along those lines. It's about normal injuries that could happen. Right. Any, anything. So the amount of time and just just the wear and tear, let's say everything goes perfectly fine. And Gio Lacelso and Christian Romero play three games for Argentina in the span of 10, 15 days. They fly from Argentina back to London. That's they, a quick flight. Good. You know, it's got to yeah. be what? 
12 17 hours. hours. Yeah, yeah. Right. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's just so much to undertake. I'm sure, I'm sure Messi and the Qataris are like, Messi just goes, we've got a flight. Let's yeah, go. Well, no, yeah, no, I'm sure. And he gets there in 20 <laughs> minutes, but that's not the point I'm making, right? Like they do this. How many times would you say a year? September, October, January, March. I think that's the last yeah, one. And then one in April. This is either four or five times where they break up the season for two weeks at a time. And now compare that to the NHL for a second in going into an Olympic year where the players reportedly are going to go to Beijing, which is super exciting. They have a two week hole in their schedule, which is standard practice over overseas. But the NHL is like, this is a big deal for us. Uh, John Tavares in 2014, the best player on the New York Islanders blew his knee out, had a Mm. horrible knee injury out for the season. So the New York Islanders take on all the risk there. Now that happens once every four years. It's a tremendous event. I understand. And that's not necessarily the problem, by the way, it's going to happen next year with the world cup. So we'll get into in that the middle of the season. That's in the middle of the season. Suck. And it's not going to be two weeks. It's going to be six weeks. So anyway, I digress. But the point that I'm making is that if you made that's five times where you basically have a two week break, it's 10 weeks, two and a half months, right? Man, that feels like its own separate season to me. Why would you – I understand that you want the time of year where everybody's lifting the trophies to be in May and not in like February yeah. and, April, and March. So I, I get that. Um, you could start the season later instead of in August. You, there's a million ways you can cut this. But effectively what I'm getting at here is the fact that this is so obtusely European that they allow this to happen. And, and frankly, FIFA as a governing body in general – is just so lazy with it, right? Because we saw the Euros. And anytime there's a big international tournament, we saw how much the world gets behind it, right? Like the Euros were uh, t- more televised here than most events that were happening in the United States in the summer, right? Certainly more than MLS. So you've got all of these interesting uh, storylines and parts. The other thing is that these players go in for two weeks at a time. They all know each other. They're all compatriots and they, and they played for the country before. But gosh, they go to play with their team and then they come back and then they play with their team for two months and then they come back again. So what I'm getting at is you have all of the benefits of a short season, international season, which could be any part of the calendar you want. I really don't care. But if you had the opportunity to say that the the leagues operate for, what is it? It's 10 months out of the year right now, roughly. If, it's instead, probably it was, too much, honestly. It's definitely too much. Eight months out of the year, you get a week yeah. and a half, two-week break, and then you do all of the internationals the same way you generally do in the summer, except that basically becomes, instead of a month, it's it's six to seven weeks, maybe more than that, right? And then you stop that, for I, another I week and I, a half, and then you get back into the, you know? The issue you're going to have is – you're taking on a Eurocentric view and South America has their breaks. They have the season at a different time. Uh, there's the South American schedule. Sure. completely different because they're winter. They're in the Southern hemisphere. Yeah. Uh, the timing of everything. The other issue is it's just money. Like they could play less. They're just playing more. Like I think, yeah. Was it him and son? Did he play 80 games one season? Uh, that I, and he's got to do 75 uh, maybe something like that. And, and he has to do uh military time. Or right, no, he well, got, got he got out of that. Got but out of like, it, but he's got to fly to Korea. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's the it's the honestly the same distance in the opposite direction, yeah. roughly. You know, yeah. and and so yeah, you've got him coming in, and and all of the players. It it serves to make the product everywhere better. If you were to yeah, say, go play for two months, but stay here for eight. Yeah, I don't know the right answer. I, I almost feel like there's got to be like a median place where. 
it's it doesn't have to be at home. But the thing is, is that these games are the way these countries make money. Like Mexico never plays in Mexico; they play in the U.S. to make money. Yep. Or Argent or Brazil never well, plays families. in Brazil; they'll play in Qatar because they're a brand that's big and they right. just try and generate revenue. And that's the part that's a little not the bit, qualifiers, but the right, right, but just games. in general, the kind yeah. of playing how much they play. They play mm-hmm. like there should never be a break if there isn't a qualifier ever. Like no friendlies Agreed. out done. Get rid of all that shit. But that's the and thing is that they, you can then, uh, you don't need friendlies at that point. If you do it well, in this schedule, you play basically the same amount of games. Maybe yeah. maybe losing one per team. I, I, I think. think in a World Cup year, if you played every game, I think the most they play is like sixteen total games extra. Sure, sure. Which is like a whole Champions League cycle. But so okay, right. imagine if the World Cup qualifying takes place. And we're talking about a, a standard, not a Qatari year, a standard year where the World Cup starts in June and runs to middle of July. And with the expanded field coming up probably early August, but yeah. I digress. Instead of the Premier League and the European leagues, and I understand the Southern Hemisphere and South America may be an issue here. So we'll get back to that in a second. It's a yeah, good point. Clausura and apertura. Instead of the Champions League final being the first week of June. It is the third week of April, let's say. I don't know. I mean, I'm making this up, but you get the point. Yeah. And then you have your friendlies, your World Cup uh, warm-up games, if you will. And then you walk right into the World Cup. Because last year, we already know. We already know who's playing, right? What I don't what I don't understand is, sorry, let me back up a little bit. Yeah. Maybe this is where you're driving at and I'm not understanding. Why not just do like the qualifiers right into the World Cup? Well, that you way could do like, that. Oh my God, they made it, and then they're you, in it. <laughs> you could do that, but you, you make also, it like a real playoff instead of you're waiting still gonna, a year. No, you're still going to need it a, a year before because what else? What are you playing that, the year before that? Right. So effectively, think of it in let's say again the World Cup in, in 2022 in the summer. You're playing the World Cup qualifiers in the the international season right now essentially, right? Yeah. And you're playing the, the Copa America or the Gold Cup the year before. And and I'm not sure what the the, the first the thing p- piece on this wheel is, is like, but it's basically... How, how like do that. they just not make them the same thing? Like, why can't the Copa just be the qualifier? You know what I mean? Like, No, because so then you're getting into you're cutting out too many games and cutting out too much revenue. And I understand <laughs> that. But so that's what I'm saying is that there's there's four, there's four sides on this. It's... Yeah. Um, it. I don't know. I think the first one might be friend. Oh no, no, I'm sorry. It's it's two stages of the World Cup qualifying because you basically have the larger games. Which, by the way, England should never be playing Moldova or whoever the fuck they Andorra. They beat the piss out of this weekend. Um, they played a, a C lineup and they were favored by four and a half goals. And you know what? They didn't cover. Um, but uh, they won four nothing. But but it was never ever in doubt. And and you need to find a better way. Maybe you can't at this stage because you've sort of whittled through all those shittier countries. But yeah. um, maybe you can't. There were much less countries, and you just kind of well. Everybody too. has. There's a lot of self determination stuff, and a lot. It gets very political. Like a soccer team is a big deal, right? Like no, no, no. I know, I know. Like, but what I'm saying why is, why so- does Wales and Scotland and Northern Ireland have teams? They shouldn't. They were, it's Great Britain. We you talked about this. It's because England was like they're coming with us. But um, <laughs> we want four votes. In it's for the votes. I was gonna say. I know. But so the first year like, is like, yeah, the first yeah. year is is like the wider funnel. Everybody gets a game, sort of World Cup qualifying. You whittle that down. The second year is the Euros, Copa America, Gold Cup, whatever. The third year is where we are right now, which is the. What are the? It's not the hex anymore. It's like the Quinn something or whatever. It is. It is it's an octagonal. 
for yeah. The yeah, the octagonal. Thank I you. Do, I do want to bring up to be the hex. They're actually talking about doing World Cup every two years now. Then you and get rid of the Uefa, Euros. UEFA is like, no, 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 no. You can't yeah. do that. They just yeah. want to, they just want, they don't have, they need more but sports. It's, so... their, it's they, they need more sports. Is their right, problem. right, it's right, right. Like, and it's the Olympics because... is kind of dying, which is weird. Maybe they're trying to like grab the Olympic torch and be like, you know what? You guys suck. Never understood. So for those that don't know, the Olympic tournament is a U23 tournament and you can have three exemptions. So you can have three players, yeah. right? So effectively, France, let's just pretend for a second, could have Pogba, Mbappe, and take your pick, Benzema, or whoever, and a bunch of kids. It's so it's so strange. So there's your answer. Realistically, yeah. they don't get that money. The IOC gets that money. That's why you'll never have it. But yeah, um, but yeah, yeah I, I mean, I always wonder, because the women's side is just straight games. Well, they want it. They want more. Right. They, they, don't, they don't have any under or over. Uh, I think it makes more sense for the women to have the World Cup every two years, because that's really the... They need to play more, right? They need to have more competition. Sort of, sure. But like, but then you have an Olympics or a World Cup pretty much every year. No. Yeah. No, you don't. Sorry. Because it would be if every, three out of four years you have an Olympics or a World Cup. And, and the it's thing like, that's really it waters frustr- it down. I think the thing that's really frustrating is, and this isn't fair, and, and I get it, it's just like UEFA's tournaments are are as good as, you know, like we just saw it in the Euro. That was, that was real World Cup light type shit. Or maybe just, about that maybe is, just in the Copa too a little bit, but hold on. Do you want to see Denmark or do you want to see Panama? Do you want to see the Ukraine care. or do you want to see South Korea, even with Sonny? Right? Like, so that's the problem is that the yeah. depth of quality in your in UEFA, I'm sorry. Yeah, in UEFA yeah. is UEFA. so strong. So, yeah. And yeah, and there's that a guy on their own tournament. Team. And they yeah. do. And it's good. So, and the, same yeah. with the Champions League. All this, this is where the inequity comes in. Like they're trying to like make money and make all these things for all these other countries, and it's just like, you know, who wins the con- the, the the there's this the same team wins like five things. You know, like Mexico wins the Gold Cup, the U.S. wins the Gold Cup. Like it's it's yeah. not always Germany and not and not always Italy, even though it was this time. But anyway, that was kind of that was kind of cool. Yeah, I don't know what to do at international. I mean, I guess like to me. It's so hard. Maybe this is a good segue into something sort of random. It's so hard not to get out of our. It's so hard to get out of our American brains, right? We're just like, why don't you have a playoffs and a set schedule that doesn't fucking change all the time, so everyone knows what it is, and then plan the Super Bowl around the country that people know what it is, and we know who's going to be in it. Like, let's do it that way. Let's have playoffs. Let's do it. How about you mix the Champions League with the whole thing, and it's all division. It's one thing. How about that? Well, we talked about it on the show a while ago, like where like, man, speaking of the seasons, right? Like, why wouldn't you just have the season be condensed? And then the, instead of having the Champions League run parallel with it in, in, in well, actually inter, intertwined, it actually runs run it at the separately end. at the end. God, that would be so much cooler because it's the, the Champions League. The way that it relates to the domestic leagues is very similar to how the international breaks work, right? It's two yeah, games. It's weird. It's a game, a game, and then six weeks go by. Yeah, it's a game, instead a game, of wait, a game. instead of yeah, instead of it, it, just play midweek regular season games, condense yeah. the season to like April, and then just have a whole Champions League season right. at the end. And then the internationals, and then the Premier League starts, or the domestic league starts yeah, back it would up. Be like, amazing! It would be amazing. It's, it, it would be round the clock, amazing. I think, I think what would happen is it would kill the importance of your domestic leagues. I. Think it might. 
uh, the right. same way because, that nobody, because like nobody City A would just be like, oh, it's over, and our season's over. Like you, some teams, if you were out early of the Champions League, oh, no, but you, wait a minute, you counterpoint. Why doesn't that happen already to the FA Cup? Why doesn't that happen to, frankly, the Carabao Cup? Right, they, so because they don't matter. People do are already upset with them. People don't not care about not them. the FA Cup because the depth of quality. Do you the think it does? Do you think it doesn't matter to Leicester? You it think it didn't to matter Leicester. to Tottenham last year? It mattered. No, no, that stuff matters. It so, so that's what I'm saying. Right. Of course, of course. And City, by the way, the Premier League doesn't matter to them anymore. Okay, so like, bite your tongue, boy. No, it, it matters. That's bullshit. Okay, if the, it matters to me, <laughs> if they could win ten Premier Leagues or one Champions League, which one do you think they would take? Ten Premier Leagues and one Champions League. No, no, you don't get to pick one. I'm telling you, a Champions League trophy is so elusive to them right now. This is this is well, the yeah, problem. It's the one we They're don't have. I get it. It's a, it's but, in a different thing. Yeah, they but they themselves are in their own stratosphere, as seen by the yeah. you know the 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 arguments in the transfer window I do, about I do, uh, Yeah, but so well, that's kind of the point where like it. I don't think it would diminish anything. You might be right. Over time, it may. Yeah, not any more or less than it already has. But I think that if that's the case, then fuck you, Man City. Like, get lost. These, the, the, you know what? You're competing in it, and if you couldn't be bothered, throw your C team out there. And if you win, you win. If you don't, you don't. You, 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 and I both know that Europeans just they less loathe change. They just will be like, this is the end of. Oh, this is inherently American, and you all should die. Would <laughs> yeah. be the. It would be almost. It wouldn't. It wouldn't be seen exactly as the same as the super league because it actually is promoting more football yeah, and it's promoting it it's like I, like I, I said it's promoting smaller teams I mean, listen, to think about this right the english are actually pretty okay with change in germany they're still fighting about the fact that the game is on monday night or that yeah. the games are not all at three o'clock on saturday and if there's a game that's not on three o'clock on saturday they fucking riot and get yeah. mad, like yeah, yeah, or they're mad at Red Bull Leipzig because it's a corporately owned team. Because they're they they're sidestepping rule. the rules, yeah. Like, dude, Germans taking RB easy. Leipzig, but because... they're totally fine with Bayern Munich winning every year and the and Bayern Munich buying the three best players and the, the coach whole of their league most is a feeder system. Rival. Yeah, it's the whole ridiculous. league is a feeder system, and they're fine with it. Anyway, uh, we have to talk about uh. We have to talk about somebody we care and love a lot, and that's Joe at Attitude of Gratitude Consulting. He has helped Mike as he gets closer, closer, closer to his wedding. Yeah, he we're getting there. He has the clicking, and he's been saving money so that he can go on a decent honeymoon somewhere where they take Floridians who are right wingers. I think you're <laughs> gonna be. I think you might have to go to Guinea and deal with. Uh, I'm with gonna. The we're gonna sort it out. Yeah, I've got right, my dictator right. hat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, Joe would help him find the, the flight, might find him uh, some lawyering up if he needs to and he needs to get out of the country. No, no, no. Maybe, I've, I've hired maybe, a militia. Maybe, maybe a C-140 to get out like Afghanistan. So Joe from Attitude of Gratitude Consulting, he doesn't really help you with Afghanistan, but he does help you find money when you're in trouble. Uh, and like Mike will be if he's stuck in Guinea on his honeymoon. Like Navi Kato. <laughs> now, this is a mixed up way, uh, but you can help get your help from Joe at www.attitudeofgratitudeconsulting.com and he will help you out for sure. And so, speaking I think of for sure that needing help, uh, we have the United States men's national. Yeah, I was gonna say that's a great segue. I was gonna say, I think I'm staying stateside for a little while, but I wish I wasn't. 
uh, because the, the national team here is in trouble again. Um, I, by the way, w- this is a special segment of Mike's best bets uh, that I did not publicize before the show, uh, before before the game, I should say. But I happened to notice that USA winning one nothing was plus 450. Like, this is like a half hour before kickoff. And I was like, hmm, that's awfully interesting because they don't seem to be scoring much, but Canada stinks. I think I'm going to throw some shekels on one nothing to the Americans. And so the first half is a slog. It honestly felt like Canada looked like they they looked almost like uh, like a West Brom or a Burnley. But the interesting thing is, is that they are actually a Mourinho Spurs is probably pretty fair because they had the best player on the field in Kyle Alfonso Lahren. Davies mm-hmm. and Kyle Lahren, who is no joke, even though I was ripping on him on Twitter, he missed like four sitters. He stinks. He's an Orlando City he, alum. No, no, but he does play at a top league. He plays. He does. He plays. He plays for Galatasaray. Uh, but so I, yeah, I. They should have had three or four in the first half, arguably Canada, uh, and just on the break, right? They had like ten percent possession. I'm lying. They had like twenty five thirty, but it was it was very much one way traffic. Um, and the U.S. playing without Weston McKinney, who broke team rules. Always love to hear that. Uh, and. Gio Reyna, who has uh, like a hamstring injury, I believe. He's not going to play in the next game on Wednesday either. Um, So not a great U.S. lineup. Josh Sargent didn't start. He started the game in El Salvador, which they went scoreless, which was horrible, horrible to watch. Um, But they get a goal around the 60th minute or so. I actually had the – It was. It was. It was was a buildup after a foul. Pulisic hits – I forget who – out left – and plays it in, and it was it was a very nicely taken it's, goal. It's Robinson who I think plays. That that's right, home. yeah, Anthony. That's right, Anthony Robinson. Yeah. Um, and so one 0 to the Americans. Mike's feeling yeah. pretty good. Uh, yeah. and um, I drove to the airport to pick up Jessica from her 900th trip this fucking last six weeks. And by the time I got out of like the airport, whatever, and I got service back, it was one, one. So I did not see the Canada equalizer, but I was alerted to the fact that it was our friend Kyle Aaron here in Orlando. So um, I was a little perturbed about that. Uh, They did not end up getting anything else out of the game and it finished one, one. And now the U S is sitting here uh, in the first two games. They have two draws and if you draw in El Salvador, fine, fine, fine. But you have to win uh, your games at home, especially Canada is an up and coming team. They're not great, but they can they can nick a result, and that's exactly what happened here. So yeah, um, I mean they had they had basically you know Davies in the freaking, for lack of a better word, in the Gareth Bale role, right? Like yes. it's just like get it out to Davies and go skin people, which is what yeah. he did. He was yeah, awesome he until he came up. He, he was great. So the U.S. Look, it's very early. It's very early. They're not in trouble yet, but they're not not in trouble because that's a game you win uh, if you have intentions of going to Qatar. And it was just I, this I'm, ponderous, slow. Like I just saw John Brooks on the ball looking up all the time, just like yeah. Where is everybody? Where's yeah. Tyler Adams? Where's you know? We still don't have. I it just I might be spoiled by watching City or watching Premier League. You it's most certainly this, are slow just like yeah oh my god do you guys know where you're going next like well what is happening it kind of, of that, feels though, personally right like this kind of like 
what? No, because nobody gives Arsenal 75% of the ball. But like, that was sort of the problem. They wouldn't wouldn't score anyway. That was sort of the problem is that Canada basically, like I said, played very Mourinho-esque. And they're like, go ahead, keep it. We don't want it. See what you can do. You can't break us down. Right. And so, no, they didn't have that player. And having a McKinney, you know, having um, a Reina on the field certainly helps. Reina would have helped. Yeah. But I mean, it's not so much. I, defensive. He's a nonetheless, it, it it there was no cohesion, like you said, and there was no ability to kind of you know pick the lock. They did see, off of kind of a broken play. You sort but. of see Pulisic trying. He still looks like just it's just not athletic enough. Like you, I don't. I'm sorry that you're five seven and 140 pounds, <laughs> but that's just and it, and it, it's it's in Nashville, and you're just weak. Like you're not. You can't do it like i don't I know that don't. it's listen so much as his is you know very very boyish build it's just he's got no support he did get it on that goal he found the open man he got it to no, robinson I, I thank you for that it. reminder but yeah. but breaking down and look if a team is going to play if canada were to play the game they would have got both loose yeah and so i'm not giving them shit like they had a great strategy they were good um they, they were had smart chances they should have won that's what I mean. That's why they weren't good, right? They were smart. Yeah. They weren't good. Um, but yeah, it's just – you wonder where the creativity is going to flow from this U.S. team. In the What we learned this summer was that actually it's not all that bad from a depth perspective. Matthew Hoppy was nowhere to be found in this game. So yeah, Why? I don't know. Uh, and he, he by the way, really one of the, the most, one of the, one of the underrated storylines from a U.S. point of view of the, the end of the transfer window is that he went to Mallorca in Spain, which is owned by Kyle Martino and Steve Nash. Um, so obviously and Steve Holden, Nash Canadian Stu and Stu Holden, uh, Steve Nash is Canadian, but, yeah. um, but that's, that's basically a, let's keep it all in the family sort of thing with the U.S. And men's listen, national team. Two win, like if they get two wins on the balance, no one will worry about anything. I mean, it is still 12 games to go. It's a lot there are of still games. 12 games to go. There's a lot of still make it, but They're better than Canada and they should make it, but they lack cohesion. They are young. This is a young, young, young team. Mm-hmm. There's no leaders. And like, do I need to fucking see Josie Altador? Is that really? <laughs> no, no, no. Happen? We're not doing that again. Uh, but oh, I think I, I saw really a stat. need to see Michael Bradley. Does he I think really I need to be there? On something, uh, it was a graphic they showed during the game. They showed Greg Berhalter, and it said that he has um, 14 World Cup qualifiers uh, in uh, under his belt, essentially, as a player. Yeah. And the entire team had eight. And I think of that, Pulisic probably had five of them. So, yeah. like you said, extremely young team. But based off of this summer, it's difficult because the excitement around the U.S. men's national team has started to build again. And with that excitement comes expectation. Now, we're not asking for a lot here. We're asking you to finish. Don't in one play of the, bad. Finish in one of the top three places in CONCACAF, which means yeah. be better than Trinidad and Tobago. little sore subject. Be better than Canada. Be better than Panama. Right? Basically, if Costa Rica and Mexico are better than you, that's still okay. That is where we're at here, right? Yeah. And so, and I, I don't, I don't like Burholter. I just don't, I just don't. I don't mind I don't, him. I don't trust these American coaches. I don't think that they have the right mentality. I don't think that they ask enough of the players. I don't like. Give me fucking Mancini. He literally revolutionized City. He literally revolutionized Italy. Well, hold on. He took hold Italy on. and he fucking won them the goddamn Euro in after one missing cycle. the World Cup. After missing the World Cup, you but you can't give too much credit to a coach 
who went to Man City and had unlimited funds. You can't give too much credit who went to Italy and had all this talent to pick from. I understand that yeah, it was a right changing ones. of the guard. It was a change. Okay, but if you're if you have an embarrassment of riches like Italy, uh, but, and the best thing is Mancini would just be like, "This country's terrible. You guys are fucking awful." And I well, hate guess you. who did that? By the way, Jurgen Klinsmann brought in John Brooks. He brought in Jermaine Jones. So yeah, all these players who are internationals. There's a couple of players on the team that I'm I'm, I'm blanking on them now, but like. He was, you know, born in Liberia. And actually, I think yeah. that's Alfonso yeah, Davies, actually. Not, he, no. He, so, yeah. you know. No, and, and, yeah, and the U.S. men's national team, there's a lot of – they're it's not as international as it was. There's no like – well, Dest is Dutch and had a choice. Robinson right. is very, very English, but his dad is is American. And he's proud exactly. of it, but he's English. Um, yeah. uh Pulisic, we know. Adams, no. Leggett, Acosta. No, no, no. That, 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 that group is fine. Right. But and yeah, so it's just weird. It's just weird. They, they, I don't even You're right. Know they're disjointed, though. Who the fuck was Sibisachu? I never even heard of him. He is. He, I think that was his first cap. Okay. Oh, he plays in, he plays in, in Switzerland. Oh, he plays European. What yeah. is Stad so Rams. You're, oh, you're, very good. Yeah. You're taking, you're taking a lot of the players who are American and have some American descent or eligibility or whatever, who Dest is a good example, would never get into the Dutch team. So he's like, fuck it. I'm American now. And that's really where, where the pool we're picking from relative to Italy. It's still, yeah, but it's still, it's still, although Jorginho did do that, right? Jorginho's like, I'm not Brazilian anymore, I guess. It's st- so, he's still just not, it's just lack of creativity, lack of cohesion. It's just, yeah, it just, yeah, I agree. And then it's hot and weird and terrible, but it's uh, not, speak I can't about put my, that up. I can't my, put that my, on the coaches yet. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. My my home country, we can put it on the coach. Uh, my family, uh, the French national team. Is it the most talented team in the world? From Arguably. the depth perception? Yes. Uh, has Deschamps won uh, the World Cup? Yes. But they are on a streak of five draws in a row, and the knives are out. I think there's a little bit of a, of a uh, Yogi Low thing going on. And I think one of the things that people want from this French team is take the handbrake off, go play. Mm-hmm. And they still are defensive and they still play deep. And it's very indicative of French football, which is a very defensive league. Don't think about PSG, but, but Lille won the league by not giving up any fucking goals. Uh, and that's how they do things. And that's just the way they play. Uh, you have, they sort of like Mbappe and, 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 uh, and, and Benzema, they go do stuff, but it's not by plan. It's just like, go, go make something happen. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it is a worry for France. I don't think they have to be worried. They'll make the World Cup. It's not a problem. But it is a concern for France. I think if they blow more games, they'll make the World Cup. But then is anyone <laughs> going to trust Deschamps? Okay. Well, it's hold on. very hard looking, to win two in a row. Looking at this group, first of all, they have three draws, but they had the two wins in the bank already. So that's important yeah, to they're note. Fine. They're, fine. Uh, they're in first place in the group by four points uh, yeah. with Finland and the Ukraine behind them. They have Bosnia, Herzegovina, and Kazakhstan. Those are two teams, yep. not three. Um, and uh, those are the, the rounding out. Those are the collect your points here, right? Uh, Everybody is likely going to collect their points. It sounds like they've actually drawn each other twice. But other than that, so oh, Bosnia is. Bosnia Herzegovina is not terrible, and France drew with them already. Right. So, so. yeah, that's a good point. Um, however, there's nobody there who's going to beat them, right? Like, there's nobody there who's going to beat them. Like, and, nobody and, has any wins. <laughs> it's just like I don't yeah. know what the hell the Ukraine Finland has won, which I would assume. 
is over Kazakhstan probably. But the point I'm making is they likely will not go near the 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 unmentionable missing of the 2022 no, World they, Cup. They it's almost impossible. It's almost impossible. But as I mentioned, you know, they have an embarrassment of riches to the point where Didier Deschamps could, you know, he could have Lurius at striker. He could have Pogba in net. Like, it doesn't matter, right? They'll be fine. But there, there's a little bit of a concern in the sense that they have, um, you know, they have had the draws sort of in a row. They did crash out of the Euros. That was bad. <laughs> In an in an it. unspectacular fashion, right? It so was bad. it was really bad. And they you were, did see big goals. names. Like I mentioned earlier in the show, you saw big names, not just the United States. They're fucking nothing compared to this. Chile, Netherlands, and and Euro 2021 champions, Italy missing yes. the World Cup. So they don't seem to be in trouble because I and I don't know if this is the last round of qualifying or not. Um no, if it's yeah. Well, that's the question I have then. If they whittle the groups down from here. No, and this they, is it. No, top two in. That's it. Top two in then. Okay. Never mind. They they <laughs> we'll see. But uh I think right now they're they're as much as they should be concerned with their style of play and as it pertains to going far in the World Cup in Qatar, I don't yeah, believe that not. it's an they're issue that not. they'll be here. Well, Mike But it would be funny to watch you freak out if they do. So, I wouldn't I wouldn't get too I would find another team. I'd be like, Denmark, I love you, Damsgaard. Uh, well, we have a big Thursday coming back. The Premier League will return. Thank we God. We will have our best bets, and we will go through the schedule, and we will talk about the football. I believe does my team, your team plays somebody good, don't you? My team plays cool? Crystal Palace in their first game, in the first game of the weekend, 7.30 on Saturday, Eastern time. What is my team playing? Nobody Who knows. The bit, all eyes will be on Arsenal versus Norwich. <laughs> yeah. we'll, we'll, be, we'll get into all of it on Thursday. That will so. be the massive one. And then, oh, this is the big one. This is the Betters Derby. This is Brighton Brentford. I don't know where my allegiances will lie. I, I have not looked at the slate all that much yet, but we will be ready for Thursday. I'm excited to have it back in my life. Yeah, yeah. Thank God. These because now what we've got we've, is... We literally talked about draws. We talked about... Thank you. Thank you for getting to this point in the show with us. But what we will have is a very exciting Premier League Saturday into college football Saturday and then Premier League Sunday into NFL Sunday. So for the degenerates out there, buckle up, friends. It's about to get a lot more fun. And hopefully (laughs) you haven't put anything on the mortgage yet. Okay. All right, Mike. Let's get out of here. Okay. That was the Squeaky Bum Time podcast with Mike Salerno and the Rock 14. We are the football wing of the Chop Sports Network. Still, we record on Tuesdays and Fridays, so be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Never miss an episode. And if you're listening on Apple, please rate and review the show so we can reach more people like you. If you listen to this one, you are a diehard. So thank you. And we love you. <laughs>